So the big political news of the morning is Nicola Sturgeon has gone. She's fallen on a sword and it's the gender politics that got her, although she denies it, of course. That issue wasn't the final straw. Look, I'm, I'm long enough in the tooth. I've, I've been in politics, as all of you know, for a long, long time. I'm not going to stand here and insult your intelligence and say that I live in a world uh, that is divorced from the realities of what is going on around me. Um, but it's not the case that this decision is because of short-term issues. I've faced more short-term issues from time to time over my years in politics than I, I care to remember. Um, and if it was just that, I, I wouldn't be standing here today. Down in London, they could not celebrate loudly enough, although they weren't able to say that. Well, let me first start by paying tribute to Nicola Sturgeon for her long-standing public service. I wish her well in the future. Now, obviously, Nicola and I didn't agree on everything, and I look forward to working with whoever the new First Minister is to continue working constructively to deliver for the people of Scotland. Ah, yes, the new First Minister. The hot favourite seems to be Angus Robertson. He's the bookie's favourite. There's a woman called Kate Forbes, who is the Cabinet Secretary for Finance, currently on maternity leave. Uh, Humza Youssef, who's the Health Secretary, MP since 2011. Keith Brown. SMP Deputy Leader and John Swinney, who is the deputy. So um, they're, they're, they're in the running at the moment. What's interesting about the story is that it was on Tuesday. I asked Rod whether this gender politics thing was going to undo it. He said this. I would say that the transgender stuff has, has finished her career. It is as simple as that. International Correspondence on Newstalk ZB. You were right, Rod. Morning to you. You saw it coming. <laughs> Yes, I take no pleasure in it. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm slightly caught up there with laughter. Uh, yes, I did see it coming. <laughs> um, we're all running around with bottles of uh, Prosecco open down here. Um, she's resigned today. Uh, but it's, it's, a, it's an incredible warning to politicians that if they affix themselves to the kind of post-rational idiocies of... Uh, of, of uh, the trans argument, but also most of wokedom, they will come a cropper because the country simply doesn't buy it. Uh, you know, and I think that's what it is, Mike. Is there something in it? You go back to her pitch for independence, and they had a vote, and they voted not to agree with her, and it was, and she never let that. That sort of goes to her personality, doesn't it? Yeah, but do you know that the, the, the interesting thing about it is that is all the Scottish National Party is. If you take away independence, it's a bit like UKIP. There is nothing left. Mm. Now, what Nicola Sturgeon did quite cleverly was meld certain progressive elements of the Labour Party and redistributive elements of the Labour Party into some coherent vision of what Scotland could be. Um, but, but nonetheless, the one thing which, which pulled them all together was the fact that they want to be an independent nation, which is something which, you know, they totally have the right to decide. But it's interesting, you look at the runners and riders as to who might replace Nicola Sturgeon, uh, one of the favourites, and certainly my favourite, is Kate Forbes, uh, who is a very personable woman, who is an anti-abortionist, uh, uh, not terribly woke on the issue of gay marriage, and uh, was very much against the gender recognition bill. She's a Presbyterian. And so you think, you know, you've got her and Nicola Sturgeon in the same party. Mm. Really, the only thing that connects them is a wish for Scottish independence. Yeah. You know, that this could change the SNP. Don't forget that 30, 40 years ago, they were known as the Blue Noses. They were actually very conservative. 
uh, as a party, uh, which is why Labour won so often. Here's what's so interesting for us in New Zealand. One of the British papers can sort of said this was a Jacinda, or what they termed a Jacinda Ardern moment. In other words, uh, another female leader coming back and going, I can't do it, it's all too hard, etc. Our new leader here, our new Prime Minister, has jettisoned a whole lot of policies that Jacinda Ardern spruced, and in doing so has had a small bump in the polls as a result of that. In other words, she, Ardern, was holding the party back. She had become toxic yeah. because the people didn't yeah. like her anymore, and it looks to be the same with Nicola Sturgeon. No question that it is. No question at all. Uh but it all now depends upon who they elect as a leader. Sturgeon, you know, bestrode Scottish politics for 20 years, nine years as uh, First Minister, nine years as leader of the party. She overcame Alex Salmond uh, uh, at, at a point where it seemed that all SNP leaders needed to be named after fish. Uh, <laughs> and she was a remarkable politician for a while. It's simply the transgender stuff which has undone her. Now, the Labour Party is doing comparatively well in the polls in Scotland, as it is, of course, south of the border as well. And they will be looking for a way to get in, to get back into Scotland, where they've performed abysmally in the last uh, 20 years. Uh, And there is a way back in. Um, the, The problem for the SNP is, do they stick with the kind of Sturgeon course and maybe choose as their uh, next leader someone like the appalling Hamza Yousaf, uh, who is the architect of their hate crimes bill, which means you could be arrested in your house for saying something naughty, uh, or Angus Robertson. Uh, or do they change tack completely with someone like Kate Forbes or John Swinney? Uh, and, and I think that's, a, that's an interesting question for them. And it totally throws open the next general election down here, yeah. because it is no longer a given that the SNP will win 48 seats. It is no longer a given. And speaking of parties that change, Corbyn not only not the leader and Keir Starmer moving the party yeah. on, but Corbyn's not, he's not even allowed to be an MP anymore. No, indeed. Um, I, I mean, Keir Starmer, um, it is difficult to overstate um, the effect that he has had on the Labour Party. Uh, and I've been saying this for a couple of years now, that he's been very effective indeed. And he has been incredibly inf- uh, effective at getting rid of the of the really unpleasant far-left anti-Semitic uh, social justice warriors. Um, and now to the degree that uh, people who hold the opinions of, 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 of you know, Jeremy Corbyn and and several others similarly disposed uh, aren't really welcome in the party anymore. Um, and that has made his party electable. And it has been a remarkable turnaround. And he's done it in a quicker time than Tony Blair did it. it you know, Keir Starmer looks like an incredibly boring man. Mm. Uh, and I suspect he may be, but he has done an incredible job on the Labour Party. Good on you, mate. Hey, listen, I know you're off on holiday for a week. You enjoy that, and we'll catch up in a week or so, OK? Thanks a lot. Look forward to it, mate. Good on you, Take man. Care. Rod Little, the best in the business. He called it. Uh, by the way, just before we leave British politics, uh, names you won't know doesn't really matter, but a guy called Sir Paul Beresford and Stephen McPartland, uh, they're Tories down south. They've announced they won't be standing at the next election. So that now lead, uh, t- tallies up to 20 Tories who are going to be leaving at the next election. Election's got to be held no later than January of 2025, so in all reality it's going to be held um, next year. And in the latest poll, the Tories are still 21 points behind the Labour Party.